Hey legends, welcome to the Paul Foot Podcast, where we talk all things health, fitness, self-improvement, about my story, because we all have a story. All right, today's episode is a little bit about my story and my battle with my own mental health issues and bipolar one disorder. Now, it's a lot easier for me to talk about my mental health issues at the age of 44 and share with you some of the, the things that I went through growing up. And um, I now know that I have bipolar one disorder. I have a manic type of disorder personality. I have exceptional energy, but I'm restless. Restless. Uh, I have trouble concentrating, uh, risky behaviors, feelings of extreme happiness, along with some poor sleep at times. Um, you know, I've struggled since I was a teenager with my own mental health issues. And I only really started to notice something was really wrong around 19, 20 years of age. Um, that's when I started to develop some psychotic symptoms and some delusional thoughts and paranoia, which uh, can be present in over half of patients with bipolar disorder. Now, I didn't know back then what I had. I just knew that mentally um, I wasn't right. And, you know, it was a really, really uh, hard time in my life mentally that I went through. And I started having these weird feelings and um you know, delusional thoughts, even paranoia of urinating myself um, and that my clothes smelled of urine. And it was really a weird feeling that, you know, um, I had. And I could go two, three weeks of just going through this daily and going to sleep thinking, you know, this was happening to me. And it really did affect, you know, all other aspects of my life because I was just in this real, real shitty mental state. And I had these delusional thoughts and I was getting paranoid about it and I didn't, don't know where it came from it just started happening um you know and you know generally at 19 20 years of age that was when I was you know really starting to you know do lots of drugs and alcohol and drugs especially is a real bad recipe for bipolar one and uh, I feel that's probably what kicked my sort of brain, uh, you know, into a chemical imbalance, I guess, and it really started to affect me mentally and having psychotic sort of thoughts and delusional thoughts and paranoia really started creeping in. And I even was getting really uh, extremely jealous, you know, that at the time my girlfriend was sleeping around, um, you know, on me and that was affecting me as well. And it was just this concoction of me not feeling well mentally and then putting drugs and alcohol into my system and it really was a bad recipe and it was really tough and at 19 20 years of age you know for your brain to start playing tricks on you and um you know you don't really know what's going on uh is really hard to sort of really fathom and to put into put into words because you know i I just battled on. I didn't want to tell anybody. And mental health issues back 20-odd years ago wasn't really a thing. And you just had to be tough. You couldn't couldn't communicate your feelings. You just had to get on with things. You know, you couldn't be weak. Um, But I really felt embarrassed. And when I was going through these episodes, you know, like, I was just trying to cover up anything that I was really feeling mentally. Um, I didn't want to seek help. I was just embarrassed by what I was feeling mentally and what was going on with me, you know. Um, And then there were periods, you know, where 
I didn't feel like, um, you know, I was urinating or I smelt like that or I was jealous of my girlfriend or I didn't, you know, I could go three or four weeks without it. But it was generally after one of the episodes where I really hit a low and um, I would lock myself in a room for four days and I wouldn't even contact my my work. I wouldn't answer any calls or texts. I'd be in total lockdown, you know, isolation in my thoughts um, until I felt better. And then, um, you know, I would then have these, you know, such feelings of real happiness again and this manic feeling like this exceptional energy. And I would be all happy and you know back to it again and totally just forgot about the episodes that I'm having and I then I wouldn't go touching drugs or alcohol for probably three or four weeks you know and then by week four I felt really really good and because it's a manic type of disorder I would just be on such a high that I would go and do some drugs or alcohol again because I was on this massive high and I felt you know um, unstoppable and then you know these feelings would creep back in again and um, it was just this vicious cycle that I was having. And, um, you know, it was just on and off, on and off, bit like a yo-yo. And I never really got on top of it. I would have these really good periods of feeling really good. And then I would hit a really low again. And then I'd be high again. And eventually, you know, I, I ran away at the age of 23 to England. And I wanted to start fresh, but it didn't really help the way my brain was wired. You know, it it just sort of... It gave me a little temporary block, but then all the stuff started ha- coming back again and I was having, you know, these psychotic sort of episodes and, you know, delusional thoughts, getting paranoid again and, you know, just not a really nice way to be living. And, you know, that's when, you know, I, I was living for about three years and with or without this and going through periods and, and then, you know, I eventually, you know, um, after being in England for three years, uh, that's when I got caught for um, in 2006 for importing drugs to Germany to England, and um, you know I wasn't in a good headspace. I was probably in one of my lowest points. I was thinking about uh, suicide. I was thinking about I didn't really care what the hell happened to me, um, you know. And the best thing probably that ever happened to me was getting caught, and. You know, being away from family and friends and no one really to look out for me and see when I'm in bad periods and, you know, no, you know, someone to, hey, mate, you know, like, just got to pull your head in a bit, you know. I didn't really have that. Um, but, you know, getting caught was probably the best thing that happened to me, you know. Uh, uh, you know, you know, my mate approached me and he said that he could help me, you know, can I help him with a delivery, you know, from England to Germany you know, uh, go stay in a hotel overnight, uh, leave my car there. Then in the morning, I pick up the car and I would uh, drive back to England. Now, something I haven't mentioned is I did this five times before getting caught. I got caught on the fifth time and I was caught with uh, around 35 kilos of opium in my car, uh, driving from a French, I was driving to the French port of Calais and crossing over to England when I got caught. And, um, you know, I never knew what was in the car. I had no idea. Um, not that it makes it any better of what I did. But, you know, I think because I never looked after my mental health and I never got any help and I never ever really got on top of it, it really put me down into a really, really bad low. And that's where I ended up in prison. 
you know, and it was the best thing that happened to me. And it sort of, after the shock and awe of it all and getting caught and, you know, being in prison uh, for about six months, I eventually, you know, started to feel a lot better. Um, I had no vices, I had no drugs, I had no alcohol, um, which were the worst things for my condition which I still didn't know I had bipolar back then, but I definitely did. I had something really wrong with me, um, and which I never shared with anybody. I never did. I just kept it all in. Um, and just being in prison, not having any vices, and, you know, started to eat better. You know, I was working in the kitchen seven days a week. Um, I started to get into this better routine. You know, I was uh, working out once a week when I was allowed out into the promenade, which was the courtyard, and I would start to do some pull-ups and some runs and some push-ups and started to really uh, work on my health and my fitness that I felt really, really good, um, you know. And, you know, even though uh, it's a bit different over in England because I hadn't been sentenced, I was actually held in prison for three and a half years and then I was released. I wasn't actually, um, you know, sentenced in that period. You know, they could actually um, hold on to me until they sort of found the whole network and what was going on. And they would just keep interrogating me and uh, interviewing me and, you know, until information or whatever happened. And and eventually, you know, um, I was just released after three and a half years later, you know, with a massive fine and I could never go back to France for five years. Not that I'll ever go back, but this is what they did over there, you know. So, you know, I was held in that duration without being sentenced, then let go. Luckily, I don't have a criminal record, which is uh, a godsend. You know, I can still travel over to other places and do things, which, you know, I'm very grateful for. But, you know, in prison, you know, it, it's... It's the health and the fitness and the training and the goal setting and the, the the discipline and the same times of day I was exercising, I was going to work, I was sleep, I was going to bed at the same times every day, waking up the same times every in the morning. It was really, I had this really good routine, which I hadn't had for a long, long time. And it really helped my health and my mental issues weren't as bad, um, you know, but and that's why it was the main reasons why I got into the fitness industry and into natural bodybuilding. It gave me an outlet for my energy and bodybuilding gave me the discipline to train, eat right, not drink alcohol, not do drugs. It was something that I could, I could obsess about, you know, bodybuilding and building my body and, um, you know, just doing all the right things to, in order to, you know, eventually jump on stage and compete, you know. So it was it was a really good thing for my health and more, more so for my mental health. And, you know, I've probably had three or four really bad episodes of my bipolar over the years, which I probably should have hospitalized myself, but I didn't. Um, and the last episode was around about 40 years of age and I finally had to go to hospital. Um, I was spiraling out of control again with psychotic sort of symptoms and delusions and you know, this time, you know, I've, I've got a family, I've got a wife, I've got kids, I, you know, I really had to get on top of this, right? So after the hospital visit, I'm um, in an emergency, you know, I finally went to a psychiatrist and, uh, you know, it was the first time I actually really spoke to somebody about everything and just laid it on the line, you know? I had gone to counsellors before, but I didn't really fill them in on everything and tell them everything. I still didn't have the courage to talk about it. I was still embarrassed. And, 
you know, finally with a psychiatrist, I told her everything and straight away she was like, you have bipolar one type of disorder and with the right medication, you know, it can be managed and it can stop your up and down episodes and this yo-yo effect that you're still going through um, and the lack of sleep that you still have. And, um, you know, after seeing the psychiatrist for about a year, we finally found the right medication for my bipolar one. And now it really keeps me even, um, which sometimes I don't like, but it's necessary because I miss that exceptional energy I had and that real manic happiness because it really used to push me um, a lot out of my comfort zone, you know, and I had those risky behaviors. So that's probably why I went from a 30 square meter, oh, sorry, a 60 square meter gym to now it's, you know, around 400 square meters, you know, I took this big, it wasn't a risk, but it was, it was a big jump for me. Um, and I still wasn't medicated then. So I, I just found I could just do these things without really, you know, having fear of it when I was in a good headspace, you know. Um, so, you know, I getting the right medication really has helped me. You know, um, I've learned to accept my condition now and I'm not embarrassed about it anymore. Um, I've taken responsibility for it, right? Uh, you know, I finally, you know, um, you know, even just talking now about mental health issues, even though this still isn't that easy and it's not that hard, it's not, it's not an easy thing to still talk about, but it's, it's just, it actually helps me to talk about it now and get it off my shoulders and just to get it out there and to let other people know that, you know, the getting help, uh, and talking about it quickly can, and getting the right medication, you can turn it all around and you really can have a normal life, you know, as long as you do the right things, you know, and, you know, it's perfectly normal to have ish, mental health issues. We just need to take responsibility for it and we just need to get help, you know. Um, and if you need to get help, guys, just please go get it. It's, it'll, it's, it is a game changer. It's really helped me. Just talking about it has helped me, you know. And, you know, I look back on my bipolar episodes and I really wonder how I survived at times, not asking for help, you know, and I have put these things into place now that really does help me, but I've got to do it regularly. So I found that I have to sleep on my own. Uh, I used to sleep with uh, the family and get kicked in the ribs by my boys and, you know, I would, and then I'd have to get up at 4am and go train my first client at 5am and if I hadn't had a good night's sleep, it really uh, wore me down and got me into a bit of a bad state. Uh, so now I don't do that. I have trainers doing it for me. I, I, I just had to bite the bullet and get people in. And now I wake up around seven o'clock with my family and that's made a world of difference for me. Huge difference. Even though I don't really like getting up at seven, but I do it now. I just have to. I feel guilty about it every day because I'm so used to, I was so used to getting up at four, but that's really helped me, right? Getting up with my family. Now I can help get the kids ready for school, which I was never be able to do. And I can drop them off sometimes. Uh, made a massive difference to my mental health and sleeping on my own has really made a difference. Um, and, and sleep is so important for, you know, people with bipolar. Um, it's important for everybody, but it's really helped me. And then taking my medication at night um, and just doing it every day has really helped me. Making sure that when I'm running out of medication that I've got it, I've already gone and got the next batch. You know, I'm always on top of it um, because I have noticed that if I haven't got it ready and I miss a few days my sleep is, uh, I just can't sleep. So I don't ever really want to be in that state. So I don't do that. And, 
you know, now I'm I'm really finding that I'm quite even. You know, I found adding in supplements in the morning like magnesium. I use this power pollen, which is great for minerals and vitamins, along with um, fish oil. And I use, uh, you know, coconut water in the middle of the day, which has really helped me with dehydration. And that seems to really give me a lot of energy. Um, so I've just put things in place that help me. Um, but now I, and I have to go to bed. You know, I'm, I if I don't go to bed by 8.30, I am, you know, a bit lethargic and not, I just have to have a routine, but my routine is really important. So if I have a late night on the weekend, that can put me off too. So I I generally try to do uh, day things with mates and family and friends, you know, like middle of the day on a Saturday or a Sunday. I don't try and do late things because that really can push my, you know, knock me out for a few days. So there's things in place that I do now. Um, for the bipolar but it's and my mental health and I've never been in a better place and this is why I am sharing with you guys about my own battle with my mental health and bipolar um, and hopefully you know you guys can resonate with anything I've said or you know you might be battling something yourself but just know there is help out there and you can get it and uh, I, I honestly once I started to talk to it about my wife which we I talked about it for years and years and years and years before I finally you know got hospitalized and then saw a psychiatrist but I'd shared with her previously about my stuff so I had I was ongoing so I just feel guys the more that you can talk about how you're feeling um, you know and I think having a routine is very important going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time um, you know I now exercise roughly the same time of day, which has really helped me. So yeah, another thing is exercise, it helps me. I, I do it pretty much every day now, and it just sets me in the right mind frame and really helps my mental health issues. And, you know, our drugs are definitely out. Alcohol, I like to, you know, I still enjoy a social drink, but I just, I've limited it so much in, you know, in the last five, five years. So it's really good. And I feel like I'm, you know, on top of it, which is really good. So yeah, guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, you know, it was, it's never easy to talk about these things, but I really, I really feel good when I do talk about it. And, uh, you know, hopefully you got something out of it, but please guys make a comment, share, um, follow me and download the guide to sustainable health and fitness. If you're looking to get any help with your, with, with me being your coach, whether it's, you know, about your food or, you know, a training routine or anything to do with some behavioral changes that you need to make in order to, you know, be a better human. Let me know, guys. I'll be happy to help out um, to the next uh, episode. All right, guys. Bye.